0: Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Welcome to today's show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is someone who has been at this for a little while. She's relatively new to the smooth jazz scene here in the States and but I have a, I have a, a pretty strong belief that I, that I think everybody's going to be hearing a lot more of her in the very near future. She plays the guitar with a, a command that's smooth and soulful and, and sometimes a little gritty all at the same time. And she sings with passion, conviction, and purpose. She hails from South Africa, living in New Zealand, and now is lit, residing in the United States. Please welcome to the show Andrea Lisa. Andrea, how are you today?
1: Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So I was reading your bio, and I understand you started writing music at age 15. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Wow. At 15, I was just trying to get through my math homework. I don't think I would have ever had self-awareness to be writing music. Were you always inclined that way, or...?
1: I think I was always interested in being creative. Mm-hmm. As a child, I was into art and just making things. When I discovered poetry would express myself, and then I put it into music immediately as right before I was 15. Pretty much got straight into it.
0: Okay. Did you know from an early age that you wanted to be a musician?
1: No, I didn't. But I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. I was quite shy.
0: Okay. What happened to make you say, this is it for me? I want to be a musician now.
1: I actually decided in my final year of high school. Okay. Prior to that, I was really into art and biology. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was actually thinking of studying biology. It was actually kind of towards the second half of my final year of high school that I decided I wanted to move forward with music.
0: Okay. That's art and biology. Those are two pretty different things. Yeah. So right brain, left brain, both very well developed for you, clearly.
1: I guess so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. So you started your first band, I understand, in 2011, right? That was actually my second
1: band. I started... A...
0: Oh, it was your second band. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I started a band in my final year of high school. Okay. Okay. For maybe a year and a half, two years. I let that go when I was in university. And then when I finished, I started my band. I was really working on my original music with that band.
0: Okay. Okay. So when you started that band in 2011, like how much traveling and touring did you do? And what impact do you think that experience had on where you are today?
1: I feel it probably had quite a huge impact because we played a lot. Yeah, we started in 2011. By the beginning of 2012, we all moved over to Australia. We had done some gigs in New Zealand. Then we moved over to Australia, pretty much asked the band if they would commit to being in my band. That meant having to quit any other jobs or bands that they were in Wow! and leave the country. In Australia, we rehearsed for, I don't know, seven or eight months. And then wow. I was moving over to Dubai to play at a hotel, the Western Hotel, for I think six months.
0: Wow. That's like serious commitment. Like you're dropping everything that you know and leaving behind the people that you love to go and chase your passion and your dream. Yeah. You say that so simply and so, like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like I got to imagine for some people, it probably wasn't, and I'm sure it probably wasn't easy for you. Clearly, you just had that much conviction in what you wanted to do.
1: I was very convinced that this is what we had to do. It was definitely nerve wracking because I had the guys saying to me, Are you sure I'm about to hand in my resignation for this? school that i work at like alex was teaching at a few schools i was teaching and i was like uh yep do it let's do it
0: wow you know that says not only about some that says something about your conviction certainly but it also says something about you as the leader of the band your leadership and what those guys your bandmates must have thought about you and the confidence they had in you it says a lot about that too
1: Yeah, I was blessed to have very hard, very committed to our band, like a family, the four of us.
0: I can imagine. So you were born in South Africa, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you moved to New Zealand. That's correct. And how old were you when you moved to New Zealand?
1: I think I was almost eight years old.
0: Okay, and then you left New Zealand for Australia. How old were you then? I think 21 Yeah. Okay. So in New Zealand, was there much of a contemporary jazz influence there or contemporary jazz scene there at that time?
1: Not particularly. A bit of a traditional scene there. We were doing gigs. The reason for moving was to just reach a wider audience. Yeah, the genre jazz on the whole is not really that big in New Zealand. It's actually their own style. They have their own vibe, which is really cool. Okay. But it's different to the R&B that really resonates with me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what about Australia then? Did Australia have a more developed contemporary jazz scene when you guys moved there? Or Dubai even? Did, was there a scene? What was their scene like? People who
1: love jazz really love jazz. Whether it's whatever kind of, whatever subgenre of jazz. Jazz lovers are jazz lovers. They're really into it. It's not like, oh, I kind of... When I was in Dubai, we were playing in a wine bar. We kind of, we went through a whole bunch of different genres, just experimenting. Fortunately, we had a manager. He heard my original EP. He said we could play my original music. Usually when you're doing these contracts, like when we went on to doing cruise ships, it was forbidden to play your own original music. I used to always put mine in, and I used to do it when the manager was there intentionally. I'm going to play this, and then you can look at the reaction from the audience, I mean, whether I can or can't do this. And they always said, oh, yeah, that your music is great, and you can play your music. And we played a lot of original music.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then being in environments where the contemporary jazz scene wasn't as developed and spending so much time working in those environments – How did you come to discover and develop your knowledge of, love of, and skill in contemporary jazz? And who were some of those big influences for you?
1: So when I was in my last year of high school... I used to hear music through my family, my mum and my dad. Through my brothers and my sister, I would hear other styles. And actually, I've discovered Kirk Whalum through my eldest brother. He ended up giving me his old computer. And I was going through the music on there. And I think I found the one with Jonathan Butler, Falling in Love with Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's when when I heard that sound. I was like, oh, wow. When I first discovered that music, I think I was about 16. I was still playing classical guitar. And then I also found Earl Clue. Oh, yeah. And Earl Clue is really cool because he has that classical background as well. I also found Bob James. That's how I kind of got hip to that style. Go to university to study jazz.
0: Okay, okay. So do you play instruments other than guitar, or was guitar always the instrument that you focused on?
1: Guitar's always been the instrument that I've focused on, but I have recently been playing bass. okay. When I've been recording my music and producing, back in 2020, right as COVID hit, I'd always been kind of talking about upgrading my studio and my gear, really work on producing. At that time, I thought there's no better time than now. Ran over to Guitar Center, got everything that I needed, started working more on the bass. Okay. I play a little bit of keys, but that's just to kind of get me by. But in recordings, I generally have to get someone to play keys and bass. At least I'm really happy with the bass on it. But guitar, the main instrument.
0: So you mentioned some of your influence and you've happened to have had a chance to work with some of those influences like Jonathan Butler and George Benson and Kirk Whalen. What have you learned from artists like that?
1: I haven't worked with George Benson but I've worked I did a tour with Jonathan and Kirk back in 2019. The thing that I love about both Jonathan and Kirk is how much they express when they're on the stage. They really put it all out there. Not only through their instrument, like their hearts are so open. That's something that I really feel when playing with them or even just listening to them. A lot of people just like play the instrument and then there's people and exceptionally well too and then there's people who just give you everything that they've got. They give you their whole heart. They're they literally holding you in there. I just love the way both Jonathan and Kirk express and have their own sound. Yeah. You can yeah. never you can never hear wonder who's singing or playing the guitar or who's playing the saxophone if it's either Kirk or Jonathan. It's so unique.
0: You raise a really good point about the passion thing, because I saw you as a part of Kirk's band in Chicago area this past summer, and it was a two-day festival, and Jonathan and his band were a part of that festival, and, and there were several other bands that were part of that festival. And the two acts, I remember talking to my wife about it, the two acts that stood out were Kirk's band and Jonathan's band of uh, there's probably eight different acts there and i think it is exactly what you talked about like i felt like their shows were unreal i think it was it's the passion it's what you said it's that they put it all out there right and they weren't just playing their instruments you know
1: they're kind of personal too like they let you into their hearts they let you into their lives they might talk about something about their life in between long yeah. but like something that's really going on in that moment you can feel it's not like a, a banter thing you can feel mm-hmm. not something that's pre-rehearsed.
0: That is so true. That is so true. Now you were featured on Kirk's critically acclaimed Humanite. Tell us how that came about.
1: Back in 2017, my band and I were we were on a ship and that's when they had all these charter cruises at that time and pretty much still is a huge influence with so many other amazing artists like Marcus Miller and Layla Hathaway. All these people were on these cruises. Wow. My manager had said, hey, as you know, we have all these charter cruises for the next few weeks and you guys will not be needed to perform at all. And a lot of the musicians all went, yeah, that's great. And they said, you can go and you can Uh listen to the shows and blah, blah, blah. I was not happy at all i went up to my manager and i was like uh-huh. no i i want to play and he was like no you can't they have they've literally hired the ship we are here to do what yeah. they anything that they want at this point we can't call any shots they say the only way is maybe you can talk to their cruise director i basically like nagged this guy gave him some of my music i told him you know my band is great like please give me a set and he said no sorry Towards the end of the cruise, he was watching, I think it was Candy Dolph's band. I went and I stood next to him. <laughs> so I'm standing next to him and he eventually <laughs> like said to me, oh man, that bass player, he's so great. And I go, yeah, Nate Phillips. And he goes, you know Nate? And I go, yeah, I know Nate. He kind of stops and he goes, how do you know Nate? I said, well, I opened up for Jonathan Butler back uh-huh. in 2012 and <laughs> Nate, his bass player at the time, so I met him you open up for Jonathan Butler? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I, I'm like, I'm really good friends yeah. with Jonathan and blah, 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 and this and this and that. And then I was like, okay, cool. And the next day I had a set. Yeah, that's kind of how that happened. We had met Kirk.
0: That's awesome. A
1: few days ago, we exchanged details. So I just contacted him. And also, we met Peter White, and there were a few amazing musicians, Jay Williams, and we contacted whoever we met. Kirk and his wife came to the set. Everyone that we met, we tried to invite them over, and after that, Kirk had said to me, oh, we should write a song together sometime. Didn't hear from him for a while, and I think it was about maybe six months Mm -hmm. later,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: he had asked me to record a guitar solo for his upcoming record, which was Humanity. Just record the the solo over there at a studio and uh-huh. send it over to me. That's kind of, eh, that, su- that doesn't sound that fun. So I said to him that I was going to go over to the States the following. Uh-huh. And he goes, really? When? And I really wasn't. I was just like, I wanted to go and record it with him. <laughs> and I just chose a random month. And then he goes, oh, that's kind of late. I only have time in March. Uh That's when I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going in March. Yeah, so I took one-way ticket to Memphis. (laughs) When I got there, I didn't even know what we were going to record. I had started sending him different original songs of mine over the last few weeks before I arrived. Somehow, when we were in his home studio, I played a song. He goes, oh, that's great. Let's record that one okay, cool. And then we go and have lunch. We come back and then I'm like, I want to play you more of my songs. I wanted to hear what he say about them. And he goes, oh, let's record that song. Played him Get Your Wings Up and he goes, you know what? We're going to do that one. Uh It was crazy because he had originally asked me to just record a solo and somehow we got to recording a song of mine, which was pretty amazing. And it was the first single that was released as well.
0: Yeah, I recall that. Well let's take a listen to, to that song. This is Andrea Lisa and Kirk Whalem from the release Humanite with Get Your Wings Up. everybody, we just heard off of Kirk Whalum's Humanité Project featuring Andrea Lisa, the song Get Your Wings Up. So, Andrea, in listening to that song, that's a song you wrote, right? Yeah. And it seems to me there's a story behind that song, right? Can you share the story with us?
1: I think I was in um, university at the time, and one day my mother had said to me, She said, I noticed you like to take all the little birds with the broken wings and you try to fix them. She said to me that I need to make sure that I'm strong. I need to look after myself. She had noticed that with my friends in particular, whenever any of them was going through anything, I was like, jump in my car, drive over there, help them out with whatever they needed. This and all of that. And friends calling me in the middle of the night. She was like, you got to make sure you're okay. You got to look after yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I didn't actually write the song immediately. I think I wrote the song two years later when I was actually going through the same thing. (laughs) And I eventually, at the time, I was living in my own place. It was right before the band moved over to Australia, maybe a few months before that. And I was going through stuff with my friends. I was tired. (laughs) I think I wrote it in 2011, the same year that I started my band.
0: That's cool. So a song born out of a mother's love for her daughter and making sure that you're taking care of yourself, huh? That is pretty cool. I got to tell you, Andrea, I'm sitting here and we're, we're talking and I'm thinking to myself just as I'm listening to you and you tell these stories, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I asked her to be on today because I really, really liked her music and I'm getting something from you that makes me feel like there is like I'm even more sure that you're going to be super successful because there's this resiliency and this drive that you have that's just so evident, like you're not going to take no for an answer, but you have a demeanor and a personality that is like, it's not overbearing. It seems to me caring and smooth and like, but inside of there, there is a fire that's burning that is just intense. But that's a great thing, right? Like, you know, success, success doesn't happen when you're faint of heart, right? Success is something that you have to go out and you have to work at it and you have to, engineer things like i love the fact that you told kirk that hey yeah i'm gonna be in the states and oh yeah it's march yeah yeah that's when i was gonna be there you know like that's so taking advantage of the possibilities and the opportunities or the fact that you're on the cruise and you go stand next to the guy and, (laughs) and you're just like yeah no i know these people and yeah i played with these people. So it's kind of like in a very nice way saying to him, "Hey buddy, get your stuff yeah. together. You're missing out on an opportunity here." <laughs> that was a know? crazy time.
1: And you know, <laughs> when I met Jonathan in LA because I'd met him in 2012 when I opened up for his band, he said to me, he goes, "Hey, if you you need any help with your visa or anything like that, just reach out. I can um, you know, I will help you out." And I said to him, "Oh, that's funny. I said you actually helped me out more than you know." Really? What do you mean? And I said, "Oh, like this whole this huh. whole thing, being able to perform on the cruise ship, getting a set was through you, using your name. And he goes, "Are you kidding me?" And I said, "Yeah, I was never meant to perform."
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I got the opportunity to perform in front of Kirk. It was because the guy couldn't believe that I knew Nate Phillips, your bass player, and also couldn't believe that I had opened up for you. That's what gave me the the opportunity to perform.
0: So, talk us through your process for making music. How does that? How did that start for you? What's the inspiration? And once you catch some inspiration, what do you do to bring it to life?
1: Whenever those feelings are a little stronger than normal, whatever it might be, and my mind starts thinking. When I'm in the mood, I'll just pick up my phone or pick up a pen and paper and or the guitar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where it starts. It's never really me wanting to write music intentionally going to write music mm-hmm. just me expressing whatever i'm going through
0: that's good i know for me listening to your music i can feel it's just very soulful and it, and it feels personal right and i think that's why it sounds you know because it is it is you sharing what's going on through your music which is a cool thing it's, it doesn't feel at all it's not staged at all it's not contrived at all it's just it's just very real and that comes across
1: i appreciate that thank you
0: So where were you the first time you heard one of your songs on radio? And do you remember what that feeling was like?
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was in New Zealand when I released my EP. I heard one of the songs on there, a song called Imaginary Me. I was with the drummer at the time, and we heard it. Pretty exciting to hear that because that mm-hmm. obviously one of the first things that a songwriter or an artist or musician wants to experience is yeah. their music going out to a larger group of people.
0: So, how do you know then when a song is ready to be released to the world? How do you know that?
1: It takes a long time to get to that point. Uh huh. I'm I'm actually going through that at the moment. I'm having my music produced. Blunt mm-hmm. producer, two guys. That I'm, I'm working with, Gordon Campbell and also Randy Amada. It took me a long time to find the producers that I really vibe with. Whatever they do, I'm really into it. Yeah. I do all the writing and arranging and all of that, but I definitely found that having that third person to or, or that second person just kind of look over it and work on like Gordon as a drummer as well. If I already have the bass track, then he'll add that on, or he'll get one of his guys that he uses, and we'll be in the studio together Mm -hmm. while the bassist plays over the track while Gordon and myself are producing him. That's the process that I've been going through. We're actually working on, I think, the fourth song now. There's three that one is almost fully mixed. Mm -hmm. I have two more that are about to get mixed, and one that we're working on, so... Going through this process is getting to that point where I feel like, okay, now the song is done. When I'm done doing my parts in my studio at home, then I take those tracks to Gordon and then maybe I'll add more stuff. Or maybe I'll want to redo one of my guitar parts, do it over, because now it feels kind of different. We just keep layering things and then sometimes we take things away. It feels like it's done at that point.
0: I'm going to go on record here because I heard you do Vortex when you were this past summer when you played with Kirk Whalum in Chicago. And I'm going to go on record here, and I'm certainly not clairvoyant or anything, but I think that's a number one hit.
1: Oh, man. Thank you.
0: We'll look back on this and laugh, and sometime I'll see you out on the road and I'll let you buy me a Coke. When it hits number one. But I'm calling right now that I think that song's going to be a number one hit.
1: All right. All right.
0: When you finish the song and you let it go, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you like on pins and needles trying to figure out what's going to happen with it? Or how are you?
1: Oh, at this point, I just want it to get to people's ears.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: I know that a lot of people who have been following me for a long time, they are waiting. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The main thing is getting the marketing sorted out. I'm kind of concerned about the marketing. That's where I'm at at the moment. How do I get the song to reach more ears? How do I get on radio? I think I believe in it enough to wear, for example, Vortex, which is going to be the first release. I believe in the song. I just need to make sure that it can get out there because there's so many people releasing music everywhere that music can get so easily lost.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. But I think also, you know, the flip side of that is cream always rises, right? You know, good is good, you know? And even though there's a lot of music being released every day, it's not always great music, right? And great music has its way of finding the ears that it needs to find. So I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. Well, let's listen to another one of your songs. This is a song that I really like of yours and a song that really, really showcases your vocal strength. This is Meet Me Again.
2: Work it out over and over. Thank you.
0: we just heard today's guest andrea lisa with the song meet me again so listening to that song you're a very strong guitar player but you're also a really really good vocalist and do they go hand in hand for you or does one lead the other or how does that come together or they just there's just part and parcel of who and what you are
1: for a long time The guitar was basically everything to me, Mm -hmm. especially while I was studying guitar. I took vocals as a second study. I did have vocal training, all of that. In all honesty, I used to just sing because people said that I could sing something kind of happened where i realized my voice needs to be used more and that i need treat it the way i was treating the guitar okay and also something else kind of strange happened i was always kind of searching for this depth in my voice and even in a literal sense i was searching for a little bit more warmth i couldn't really reach low notes very well okay and i remember asking my classical teacher when is my range going to extend down, like in the lower? Because I could, I could always sing high.
0: Uh-huh. What
1: are you talking about? Like, who cares? You have a high voice. Just accept that. Some people have lower voices. Some people just use a small range of their voice. Your voice is your voice. And he goes, And anyway, your voice is going to drop when you're about 24, 25. Something happened in 2018. I think I was 29 years old at the time. My voice sounded, it just sounded different one day. And now, for me, singing and guitar is both so important. Anyone who sings, a lot of instrumentalists are emulating a voice. And I think there's things that you can do on the voice. I'm really embracing the voice a lot more now. And now that I am embracing it more, I feel happier.
0: You've been, obviously, you spend a lot of time on the road from... New Zealand to Dubai and cruise ships. Now you're in L.A. and touring and all this kind of stuff. What's that like for you? Like, Do you like being on the road and do you like the travel that is required to do what you do?
1: Honestly, sometimes it's kind of annoying when (laughs) flights are delayed and all those. The night that we perform or the day definitely makes it all worth it. That's my, my main touring band. Over the last now four years. Okay. When we see each other, we're all ready to play. Most of the time, it's such a spiritual experience. I think there's common ground that Kirk, as the leader, he gives off this vibe when he plays, and that mm-hmm. definitely affects all of us. Making having those magical moments makes the travel all worth it early lobby calls and all of that
0: <laughs> oh yeah 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 we were at his show this weekend in chicago he just played and saturday my wife and i drove down from milwaukee to see the show and we had to leave early because our daughter's in a play and so we had to drive back to milwaukee to get her to get her down to her rehearsal and my wife went down into the lobby about five o'clock in the morning. And she comes because we're, we're getting ready to leave. And she comes back up to the room and she says, oh, sorry, it took me a while. Guess what? I was talking to in the lobby and she, I said, who? And she says, John Stoddard. He was getting ready for his flight. So John and I were just talking in the lobby. I was like, yeah, the, the early. That's, I, that's one thing I don't think people really understand about musicians is that, you know, you guys go like that night they, there were two shows. There was a six o'clock show and there was a nine o'clock show. And so, what, are you getting off stage at 11 o'clock? It's 11.30 or 12 by the time you sign CDs. And then the next morning, you're up to catch a flight at 5 o'clock in the morning.
1: Yep. And also, the other thing is, when you get back to your hotel room, you're kind of, the adrenaline is still, it, it can take me an hour or even two hours to kind of settle down. As tired as you are, your mind, your soul is like a weight. It's, it's hard to get to sleep after a show. Oh, yeah. We really hardly get a, a decent night's sleep An early flight out.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I chuckle about now that I talked to so many musicians and gotten to know so many of them, too, is the whole misnomer that I used to have before I was at all involved in this industry was that, yeah, after the show, the musicians are out partying and having a good time till till the wee hours of the morning. (laughs) I learned quickly that, no, not exactly.
1: Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Need some sleep.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, Andrea, we have this segment that we do on the show. It's called Bout It or Doubt It, okay? So if you're about it, it's something that you're like. If you doubt it, it's something that you're not feeling, okay? So can we get you to play? Of course. All right.
2: They don't they don't
0: All right, so, Andre, we're going to spin the wheel and get you a category, and then we're going to ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions. Okay. This episode is going to air around the Christmas time, so your about it or doubt it category is holiday fun. All right. Mm -hmm. so about it or doubt it sleigh rides (laughs) about it about it okay okay so have you ever had a chance to experience one
1: i have not but i just imagined myself like in the sky on a sleigh ride
0: all right that would be pretty cool we have them here not in the sky but we're you know i'm where i am today in milwaukee wisconsin it's 30 degrees and it's snowing Okay, mm-hmm. and so like we get winter way more than most people do, right? And so there's all kinds of sleigh rides and things like that, and and they they are pretty cool. I've done it before. They are pretty cool. They're a lot of fun to do around the holidays. So, all right, one more about it, for you, and this one might be a challenge for you, but snowball fights
1: probably. Doubt it.
0: Okay, okay. I'm kind of with you there. It depends, though, right? Like, that first, it depends on the kind of snow. You're in L.A. now. Dubai, certainly, there was no snow there. You know, probably not a whole lot of opportunity for snow in Australia and New Zealand, either. So, have you ever been hit by a snowball?
1: No, but actually there was a time I was super small. I was in South Africa and it snow. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of had like a little snow fight, me and my older sister and cousin. I know a few people having those fights and mm-hmm. then someone getting hit in the nose and literally breaking their nose.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: you could hit the wrong spot.
0: Yeah, that's true. You got to know your snow, right? So like having some, being someone who's had a lot of experience with snow, there's really two types. There's the wet snow that's got a lot of water in it and then there's the snow that doesn't have as much water content so snow that doesn't have as much water content it's more slippery than the heavier snow and it's harder to make snowballs with that snow well you can make them you just got to pack a lot of snow in but they're a lot less dangerous than the than the ones that have a lot of water content right you just got to kind of know your snow and i i used to when i was younger i was probably a little bit a devious kid i used to love a snowball fight i used to love to Throw snowballs and hide behind the car and things like that. And I still like to throw snowballs and catch people. But, yeah, you're right. You got to be careful because you can do a little damage if you're not careful.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, if we're playing fair, I'm all for it. There you go. And that's fine. Run around and have fun and play around with your friends and family.
0: I suspect it probably will happen tonight because this is our first snowfall My daughter, who is 16, she loves to get out in the snow and make snow angels. Fully expecting that to be one of the things that happens when I get home this evening. So that'll be fun. It's always a good time. Oh, that's
1: cool. That's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. So who are some of the artists that maybe you haven't had a chance to work with that you'd like to work with?
1: Expect this one, but John Mayer oh
0: yeah my wife is a huge john mayer fan he is unbelievable i went with my wife took me to see him i took my wife for her birthday he was in our town it's about three years ago and i listened to his music but i'll be honest with you i was not wise to just how great he is until i saw him live i remember sitting at that show and i remember leaning over to my wife and saying to my wife He has got to clearly be one of the top five guitar players ever on this planet. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm.
1: He doesn't play too many guitar solos on his records.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But when you go hear him live, he'll do a three or four minute guitar solo.
0: Yeah. And you know, like the chord changes and everything. I'm just like, how is he doing that? And when I saw him, Isaiah Sharkey, who is a pretty damn good guitar player himself, was playing with John that night. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, I am, I'm witnessing some guitar magic here this night. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. That would be a cool thing. That would be a really cool thing.
1: Oh, yeah. I love John Mayer and Isaiah Sharkey. They're both incredible. Yeah. Isaiah and I, we've, we've hung out a few times and shared original music with each other. And okay. he's a great guy, too.
0: Yeah, now that's, I would love to see that. My goodness, I'd love to see all three of you guys on the stage together. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be amazing. That would be. That would be. So when you collaborate with artists, when you work with artists, is it, do you get a chance to have fun in those times? Is it all about the work, or how does that go down?
1: I'll tell you a story about a song that was just released. I did a collaboration with a guitar player named Rotem Sivan. Okay. And he lives in New York. He is an amazing, amazing guitar player. He's an artist as well He releases his own music. You should definitely check him out.
0: Yeah, I will. I
1: met him at a gig in LA a couple of years ago and spoke to him afterwards. And then somehow we got to getting together to have a jam. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those guys who every conversation that we had was straight to the core of everything. He came over to my place and I was like, you know, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, kind of thinking of where I want to live and my girlfriend this and that and music. And I really care about her. I just want us to be happy. But we, we kind of have different feelings of where we want to live. Uh-huh. You know, we were kind of having that kind of conversation. And, yeah. and then I think, I can't remember who it was, him or myself. I probably said to him, Let, let's write a song about it. Hmm. He just started playing some chords. And I just started singing melodies. And because this was this conversation that we just had was just fresh, I just wrote these words. Maybe I would have had the chorus and the the, the verse and the chorus and just needed one more verse. We called the song Bloom. Hmm. We just released it last Friday. Oh, wow. You have to check out our song. I will. In just a few days, it got quite a lot of listens. It was cool. We did that one. Was He was at my place, so he recorded... His guitar part on my golden guitar, Mm -hmm. I was kind of singing melodies over the top. When he left, I kept working on the lyrics, and I wrote all the lyrics, and I sang it. And this was all on my computer. We kind of emailed back and forth. And I wanted to redo my vocals and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, I think that's the way that it is, kind of raw. People seem to like it. That was definitely actually one of my best and probably one of my favorite collaborations. That's cool. I think a collaboration needs to feel kind of natural and organic.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's take a listen to one of your songs. This is the song Ruptured. <laughs> just heard ruptured by today's guest andrea lisa so andrea what is something that our listeners might be surprised to learn about you
1: um that i love to cook maybe Oh, you
0: do. <laughs> okay okay all right so what are some of your specialties in the kitchen
1: i like to make curry uh-huh i like to make interesting different kind of salads with different ingredients I love to use the oven. Okay. Roast vegetables and stuff like that. And I love spicy food. A lot of spices.
0: Is that something that you developed over time? Or is that something that you kind of grew up with? or
1: Grew up with it, for sure. Okay. Okay.
0: A good spicy dish is good. I like a good spicy dish on occasion. My wife, she's a very, very, she likes very, very, very spicy food. And there's sometimes I can't quite roll with her, you know? (laughs) But I do like spicy food sometimes. But my wife, she could do the spicy stuff every day. And I think I got to back off a little bit, you
1: know? I can add spicy whatever it is or hot sauce to my eggs. I don't mind.
0: Good for you. So, what advice would you give your 13 year old self about life, Andrea? Don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah.
1: That's probably the main, the biggest piece of advice I would give young Andrea. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it seems like you've taken that advice, right? It doesn't seem like you've been letting much moss grow underneath your feet.
1: I think that even though I'm pretty ambitious and quite a go-getter, I often have these ideas years before, even do them, or months before. Mm -hmm. When we have these ideas, we should do them immediately. We should do them as soon as we can. I said that I always wanted to create a whole setup studio, monitors and all of that. I mean, even having different types of guitars and having different instruments and different plugins and programs to add stuff to your songs. Even that was something that I kind of I was like, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta do that. But I'm kinda of busy with this stuff right now and mm-hmm. little things where it's like you should do it straight away.
0: Good, good, good. And so from someone like yourself who has traveled a lot, is there a favorite vacation spot that you have?
1: Yes. Probably Santorini, Greece.
0: Ah. What is it about Santorini?
1: It just looks like nothing else. There's no other place that looks quite like more little island. I just love it. We rode around the whole island on quad bikes. Uh And the water is really magical out there. I love the ocean all around the Mediterranean.
0: So I'd like to put all of my guests on the spot with a couple of questions. The first one is, what are your three favorite albums of all time?
1: Where the Light Is, Any Given Thursday, which is a live John Mayer. Okay. That's definitely one of my favorite albums of all time. I'm going to say the first vocal album that I ever received, because I used to listen to her all the time. That was Tony Braxton Secrets. Mm, okay. I got that, I think I was six or seven years old, and my older brother gave me that album. I'm going to choose that for that sake.
0: Good, 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 good. And then you're having a dinner party, and you can invite any three people, living or deceased. Who's coming to your dinner party and what's on the menu?
1: I would have Maya Angelou there.
0: Oh, yeah. Good choice.
1: I would love to have dinner with Babyface.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And probably probably John Mayer. Okay. And uh, what would be on the menu? Asian. Asian foods. Okay. I would have one of the best Thai chefs.
0: Hey, there you go.
1: I'll have a Thai chef and an Indian chef.
0: That'd be a good party. I don't know this to be true, but I've heard that John Mayer is usually the life of the parties. What a great conversationalist. And then Babyface, I mean, that's a fun party. I have to crash that one.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be a cool party. I think it, yeah, I mean, they're all poets.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So tell us what the next year holds for you, Andrea.
1: Mostly releasing, releasing, releasing.
0: All right. That
1: is my main, main focus. And I do really hope to travel back to Australia and New Zealand and do a tour over there. Great. That's something that I I definitely want to do in the first half of next year.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I want to thank you for taking time to chat with us today. Really enjoyed the conversation. And I think our listeners are going to Those that are familiar with your music, they already know what you do. For those who aren't familiar, how can they experience more of your music? Where can they find you?
1: You can search my name, Andrea Lisa, on any platform, all the streaming platforms. You can go to my website, which is andrealisa.com, where I update shows, whatever information, upcoming music and all of that, and also my YouTube. Like I said earlier, the latest release is Bloom. Yeah, And keep an eye out for Vortex, Beautiful World, and Fire.
0: Awesome. We wish you continued success. And like I said earlier, I have no doubt that a lot of people are going to have your name in their memory when they think about good music going forward here. So all the best to you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Our pleasure. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage.